This is Clinical Pearls. Recently, in our outpatient clinic, I saw a young woman who was using coconut oil as a vaginal lubricant during sexual activity. Her partner was using a latex condom for contraception. When asked why coconut oil was their choice of vaginal lubricant, she said, well, it's natural, organic, and it's edible. Well, all those reasons are correct. However, because they were using latex condoms as their only form of birth control, imagine her surprise when I told her that coconut oil actually is a risk factor for latex condom breakage and unintended pregnancy. Yep, in this podcast, we're going to cover the complete library of vaginal lubrication, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So here we go. Female vaginal lubrication has a variety of sources, from cervical secretions to the Bartholin's glands and the periurethral Skeen's glands. Each responds to various cues and sexual activity. Additionally, a milky, white secretion is believed to arise as transudative fluid from the vaginal walls and the vaginal glands themselves, specifically during sexual arousal or orgasmic activity. Well, for women, vaginal lubrication is an important part of sexual arousal. It readies the vagina for penetration, making it easier for the penis or sexual toy to enter and reduce any accompanying friction, irritation, and potentially vaginal trauma. Pain during intercourse is often caused by inadequate lubrication, causing a temporary stopping in the act. Here's an important clarification that patients must take into consideration. Their not producing adequate vaginal lubrication does not necessarily mean that they do not find their partner fulfilling or arousing. A variety of conditions can lead to low vaginal lubrication, including the use of certain medications, certain types of contraceptives, certain psychotropic medications, and even over-the-counter meds can have a negative effect on vaginal lubrication. For example, both prescription and over-the-counter cold and allergy medications like Flonase and Atarax or Vistaril have been found to cause vaginal dryness in some women. And that's because antihistamines and decongestions narrow blood vessels in the mucosal linings in order to lower moisture levels and reduce mucus throughout the entire body. And yes, that includes the vagina. Well, now let's get into the specifics on vaginal lubrications and products that can be purchased because they are not all the same and each one of them has different implications. Not all lubrication products come with their same characteristics and we'll get into that in just a minute. But in general, there are three main types of vaginal lubricants that can be purchased. Water-based, silicone-based, and oil-based. All right, we'll start our discussion with the use of water-based lubricants. Water-based lube is the safest bet for most patients to start with. It can be used for all sexual types of activity, including penetrative sex, even masturbation, and sex toy use. Water-based lubricants are also ideal for people who have very sensitive skin or vaginal irritation. And once again, they can be used with condoms and all types of sexual toys. 
They are also really easy to clean out of sheets and clothes, and they will not leave a stain, so that's important for some couples. Water-based lubes do have some downsides, however. They are not good for use in water areas like the shower or in a pool environment. Also, water-based lubes tend to get sticky, and they do require frequent reapplication. So if the patient is planning to have a long course of marathon sex, then it's advised to use another type of lubrication because frequent application could become a problem. Silicone-based lube is the second type of vaginal lubricant. It's quite slippery and it lasts much longer than water-based options, making it ideal for those who want longer play. It requires less lube to be applied because a small amount provides sufficient lubrication over a larger area than water-based options. It also, therefore, needs less reapplication. However, silicone-based lubes should not be used with certain kinds of sexual toys because they can break down rubber over time. These pores or cracks in the surface can lead to bacterial overgrowth and contamination, and therefore it's important to remember to not use silicone-based lubricants with any silicone-based sexual toys. However, this doesn't mean that all sex toys are off-limits with silicone-based lubricants. There are many types of toys that are made from other materials like hard plastic, glass, or steel. Now, another quick word about silicone-based lubricants. These can also stain the sheets, so it's important to warn patients about that. And here's an extra word of caution. Never have a patient spill a bottle of silicone-based lube on hardwood floors because they do stain and leave the floors slightly slippery for quite some time. Silicone-based products are also ideal if water locations are an important part of sex play. And that's because they won't rinse off with water. So silicone-based lubes are great for intercourse that happens in the shower or even masturbation in the shower because they stick around despite water use. But that's the catch. Because silicone-based lubes stick around with water, they're a little bit more tedious to wash off. They do require soap and water to clean up after use. And that brings us to oil-based lubricants. Oil-based lubricants also provides a slippery feel and it lasts longer than water-based options. These lubricants are usually used for masturbation or for toy use and for penetrative, unprotective intercourse. They can also be used because they are not easy to wash off with water with water-based activity. Oil-based lubes can also be used for massage for the body, so they're quite versatile. However, oil-based lubes and most other oil-based products, including petroleum jelly or mineral oil, should not be used with latex condoms. Again, oil-based lubes should not be used with latex condoms, and that's because they can dissolve the latex of the condom, and it can make it much easier for small breaks or tears in the condom during use. Additionally, latex diaphragms and latex sex toys should also be kept away from all oil-based lubricants. Non-latex condoms, like those made of other material like nitrile, are also sensitive to oil-based personal lubricants, so it's important to check the package of that lube for details specifically regarding material compatibility. Another downside to oil-based lubricants is that they can be difficult to wash off sheets and, of course, the body.
But what about the natural varieties like coconut oil? Is that a good option? Well, coconut oil has been described and used as a vaginal lubricant because it supposedly enhances sensation and helps couples last longer and it can help sex feel more pleasurable. But coconut oil should not be used with latex condoms. Like all oil-based lubricants, either artificial or natural, the oil in the coconut oil can potentially degrade the latex in the condom, putting the patient at risk not only for pregnancy, but obviously for sexually transmitted infections. Plus, ironically, although coconut oil is antibacterial and antifungal, it may actually disrupt the pH of the vagina and lead to a yeast infection. This has been well reported that yeast infections can increase in coconut oil use as a vaginal lubricant. Nonetheless, if this natural option is still desired by the patient and condom use is not an issue, then it's best to recommend virgin, unrefined coconut oil when it comes to vaginal lubrication. Alright, as we wrap up this podcast, a couple of quick facts to pass on to patients because a lot of misconceptions are out there about these vaginal lubricants. In general, patients should avoid any lubricant that contains artificial flavors or colors or sugars or, quote, essential oils or even glycerin because these can be very irritating to some women. Also, just because a product is called natural doesn't necessarily mean that it's any better. Glycerin or glycerol is a sugar alcohol that is sometimes used in lubricants. Now, the verdict is still out on whether there's a link between glycerin or glycerol-containing lubricants and the microbiome of the vagina. Some evidence suggests that lubricants containing glycerin may increase the chance of vaginal infections, while others actually find that glycerin makes no difference, so more research is needed here. Now, sometimes a large amount of glycerols and other similar compounds are used in lubricants to provide special properties like warming sensations or extra slipperiness. This can cause some skin irritation if a woman has very sensitive skin or has a history of recurrent vaginal infections. All right, and as we get to the end here, some last clinical pearls. Instruct patients that even if they are using a relatively benign water-based option, they should still choose one that has more or less the natural acidity of the vagina. For example, most pHs can be found on the back of the box or the bottle. And for vaginal use for water-based products, they should look for one that has a pH between 3.8 to 4.5 to prevent increased risk of bacterial vaginosis. Lastly, some lubricants contain spermicidal chemicals, and these can cause irritation in susceptible individuals. And if the patient is trying to conceive and they are using lubricant, it's important that they buy one that's specific for conception because some lubricants can actually decrease sperm motility. Well, I've said it before. Do you think internal medicine or orthopedics or general surgery covers these kind of topics? It's just one of the few benefits that we have here in the world of obstetrics and gynecology. This has been a rather strange but very important topic covering the lube library because information like this can help patients stay informed. And as we saw in our case presentation in the morning, that patient was actually at risk thinking that she was doing something natural when in fact she was putting herself at risk of sexually transmitted infection and pregnancy. So thanks for being part of our podcast family and we'll see you next time on another edition of Clinical Pearls.